Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details. With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming, Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. books uh we just enjoyed rams seahawks we did the rams really figuring it out against a really bad defense we'll talk about that in a second but um there were a couple of games here and we're going to talk about a couple of the games from today and then we'll get on to uh week 15 but remember last year this is what reminded me of remember last year when um the rams and the chiefs played and it was like Offensive explosion. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Everything was great. It was booger. Wit was still there. Yeah, I remember that. And then all of a sudden, like those were good times. The offenses just started to kind of like wane down the end of the season. It's week 14. The Niners and the Saints just put on an offensive performance that was it was blissful. And it has me excited because this could mean that we get the offense that we deserve down the stretch. Yeah, the total on this game, 44, 45 by the time it closed. That was basically over. Actually, I mean, it was we were at 55 points by the time halftime hit. Both quarterbacks in this game threw for exactly four, 349 yards. Um, we also had another 35 yards and a touchdown through the air for Emmanuel Sanders as a passer. So there's 10 combined passing touchdowns. It was one for the ages. The, <clears throat> the interesting thing was, um, by the way, the over, 44. Was our lock? Of the week. Yeah, it was our lock. We finally of the week. got off finally, the side, and um, and all of the derivatives too. So like first quarter over, first half over, and you know, it, you know there were there were other games that that went over one of the halves. This game was a complete, uh, you know, an utter um, sale uh, from that perspective. When you look at this game from the spread perspective, obviously we like the Saints. We like the Saints, um, and I think that that was one thing that could have gone either way, right? I mean, uh, I, I was I was watching the game, uh, and I remember just like yelling at Traquan Smith, saying, "You're you're scoring too early here," because they left you know basically yeah. a whole minute and three timeouts on the clock for Jimmy G. Um, they missed the two point conversion. Drew Brees kind of fluttered the ball out there, um, and despite that, there you know San Francisco is still um, faced with a fourth and two. 
two uh, deep in their own end. And honestly, if the if a Saints player just pushes you know George Kittle out of bounds or something, or at least tackles him, I mean, by the time the face mask had happened, he was like at the forty, and he drags a you know, guy with his face mask all the way down to the thirty, and then you get the the um, half the distance to the goal. So it's really a an epic play um, by an epic player in George Kittle. Best tight end in the game. Uh, I don't think it's that close. Uh, I think it's close. I mean, because no. I, I think Travis Kelsey. No, it's not anymore. I'm I, sorry. I well, know you. I know you love. The well, Chiefs. but but there's a. I mean, priors matter. So the, a guy who's who's going to be the only tight end in league history to go four consecutive years with a thousand yards, I think, is at least in the conversation because he's he is. not slowing down. He's number two. He's not slowing down though. He's number two. It's okay. I mean, I don't. I I guess I'd have to look at the wars. I mean. I mean, you, you, I knew you that like was to trigger you, you like, uh, but th- that's not really the point of this game. The point of this game, uh, and I thought it was a big one, was that the Niners won a game offensively and it actually mattered for both teams because the Saints won a game offensively, too. And that is huge for both teams. People have been talking about how the Saints offense has been slowing down. Drew Brees has been struggling to get the ball down the field. He did not in this game against a defense that everyone thought was very, very good. And the Niners came out and all that the broadcast could talk about was how they run the ball and all this stuff. They came out and threw the ball and they established their their physical yeah. presence by throwing the ball. And then the run game was set up, which, you know, you love to see. They ended up getting 100 yards before contact on the ground um, after starting the game by lighting it up through the air. That's about four per run, which is yeah. awesome. Like if you like that's that's almost kind of like throwing the ball, right? Four yards through the air per completion. The NFL average on yards before contact is about two. They got about four. Really, what I'm trying to say is that I think right now, the reason the Niners are a Super Bowl contender, it's not their defense, it's their offense. Like Kyle Shanahan is amazing as a play caller. Yeah. Jimmy G is playing a lot better than he did at the beginning of the season. Um, and they have well, playmakers. Well, the now. point is, is that defense doesn't matter that much. We're going to have Josh on the podcast this week, and we'll talk about that. But the thing, the thing is, is who gives a crap if your defense is good? Let, let's say Garoppolo doesn't finish. I mean, well, in, in all honesty, there was a drive where they didn't finish, and then New Orleans bailed them out with an illegal contact. Yeah. There was, you know... And, and frankly, if he misses the fourth and two play, right? Like, who gives a crap how good your defense was coming in there? First in yards per play, first in PFF Massey. And, and New Orleans just, like, dump trucked him all up and down the field. Frankly, probably would have been worse had Jared Cook not gotten injured on his second of two long touchdown catches. Um, and that's the point. It's It's you have to score in the NFL and we're seeing that even like you look at the New England Patriots against the Kansas City Chiefs today and it's like the the Chiefs offense didn't play all that well but they played good enough to score enough points and the and New England's defense played fine for that you know for for facing the Chiefs but their offense couldn't score so you can't win and, and yeah so um obviously it remains to be seen whether Garoppolo can continue this but the last bunch of weeks have been very encouraging uh you know for him and you know, second best tight end in the NFL. He's Debo Samuel's like a terrific rookie. Um, he's, and Emmanuel Sanders came to play today at 157 on seven. So it was just a really good game all around. The, the interesting thing I want to point out is that, you know, we, we, Shanahan's a terrific coach. 
the Niners see appear to be a very well-run organization. We always talk about there's always there's flaws with all these teams. To me, they spent a significant amount of money on Tevin Coleman, right. and he got three carries today. The guy that like led their team basically running the football was Raheem Mostert, who is like Dream. a special teams like yeah. gunner guy. So uh, they're an excellent example of why running backs don't really matter. Um, Jarek McKinnon paying dividends. Late, like Latavius contract. Murray seven for sixty nine today. You hate to see it. Last week, the the Niners were impressive in a loss to the Ravens. The Saints, to me, are that team this week. Like I was impressed by the Saints in a loss, and yeah. I don't think we should all of a sudden write them out. So, uh, the legit question: best team in the NFC? Uh, that's a good question. I, I would say you have to go with the Forty ers now because they, uh, th- you know, there was everything stacked against them in this game. They turned the ball over. Uh, you know, they got one. They got one back, but they turned the ball over in this game. Um, they were facing probably the best home field advantage in the NFL. They got Drew Brees' best game in a calendar year. Um, they, you know, they, they had the ball backed up at the end of the game, so on and so forth, and they, they got it done. And, um, you know, and they also had players injured. D4 left the game, uh, you know, and, and he's one of their key pass rushers. So, like, they overcame quite a bit. There was nothing fluky about this win. Mm-hmm. Um I think the New Orleans Saints, though, are a significant contender for the Super Bowl. Like, so it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me to knock them out of a this team's for real situation. It's just if I had to choose, I would say San Francisco out of these two teams. Um, it, it's not like, you know, for example, New England, like New England's losses over the past few weeks has me saying they're in a different class than Baltimore. They're in a different class probably yeah. than Kansas City. New Orleans and the San Francisco 49ers are in a it's clearly a, the same class. It, it's in a coin flip game. Should it go to a playoff game between the two? Do you put anyone in there in that class with them? Because I don't. I don't. And to me, it's it's the Niners. And here's the reason it's the Niners. They're the way that they that Kyle Hanishan draws up and calls plays gives me more hope for them to win games where not everything goes their way. And with the Saints, I think there are there is a little bit of that offense that is less explosive than the Niners. And they have, I think, actually, this is crazy because they have Kamara and Thomas, yeah. but they have fewer playmakers on that team. Like the Niners with Sanders, Kittle and Samuel and their run game is a legit explosive run game. Like they mm-hmm. try and set up huge runs. So, no, the 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 thing that the Saints have that I think is the Saints, I think Latavius Murray is worse than Mostert. And I think Kamara Kamara is a better player probably than any of the backs on that team, but he's not playing as well this season. Thomas is better than anything the Niners have, but you go down the list a little bit, and yeah, you mean the Cooks and the Gins, they're, they're, they surprise you with brilliant play. They're not you know consistent, whereas I think you have to consider Debo Samuel and obviously George Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders as consistent performers in that offense. You throw in Kyle Juszczyk, who, uh, yeah, I mean... Makes that offense go. Yeah, makes that offense go. It's a, it's a terrific unit. So this was, this was honestly and you, we, we're going to look to next week's uh, slate. This is honestly a treat, um, and Especially, it's going to have it's going to have to it's going to have to le- it's going to have to be like a f- we're going to have a fast this week. It's going to have to last a cleanse. Us. We'll um, rewatch this game next yeah. week and remember. Unfortunately, the uh, let's move on to the the AFC side of the game of the week because the the Can- your Kansas City Chiefs uh, and the New England Patriots had a very interesting game in Foxborough. Um, did this game? change your opinion of the AFC drastically? No. I mean, the the only thing that it did 
because I, I got to be consistent here. If I'm going to say that defense doesn't really matter that much when I look at the New Orleans Saints versus the uh, San Francisco 49ers, I have to come back and say it doesn't, even though I obviously am a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, I look at their performance today defensively and I say, okay, all I know is that they can play well against a crappy offense. We talked about this on the pod last week with Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh's a good enough defense to make a terrible offense look bad. And I think Kansas City right now is a good enough defense to make a poor to average offense pay for it. Um, they weren't quite that good last year, so there's an improvement. But when I look at the AFC, I still think, okay, if Kansas City lines up and plays Baltimore, like they better freaking score 45 points or it's going to be a, a slugfest for them like that. So today's game doesn't really change my mind. It actually puts a little bit of doubt in my mind about Mahomes and that offense because they were healthy. Uh, I do know New England's defense is considered good, but they they were I mean, they did a lot of things that really tilted me today in terms of like they put their they took their foot off the gas. Mahomes was not efficient throwing the ball down the field, uh, so on and so forth. It was not, you know, so good, good win for Kansas City. But ultimately speaking like uh still I, I i still think it's baltimore's conference yeah I, what what i think this did for me was reaffirm that there's a tier of two in the nfc and there's a tier of one in the afc with baltimore and yeah. i think new england and kansas city are in a tier of two right behind them and maybe i'm forgetting a team i don't think i am but i i do think both these teams can beat baltimore it's just that they have less room for error because of some of the weaknesses on their team um i mean kansas city didn't do anything in the second half and the patriots have gotten to the point right now i'm not saying this is a reason to bail on them because i do believe they'll figure it out but they're legitimately a we need a trick play to score offense at this point like and they realize it's the jim miller bears and they really blew this game i mean they had it knowing that they have a poor offense not going for a fourth and three in the first quarter that field goals and ultimately blocked was an absolute disastrous blunder. I can't believe that, that Belichick um, didn't go for it there. Um, They they then, uh, they then use the the challenge on the spot on Kelsey on that third and four. No, no, it wasn't the Kelsey. So the Kelsey challenge was fine, I think, but the, it was the penultimate challenge where Sammy Watkins caught the ball. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I, I, no, no, they, I was right in saying that it was Kelsey on the pass interference. And that was, so they challenged the pass. Okay. So remember? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Watkins catches it and they challenged that there was pass interference on Kelsey. When Kelsey stuck his ass out and tried to hit the, yeah, but like, which could have made him more valuable than George Kittle, but, um, but that that blew that was a really bad challenge because then at the end of the game you expect there to be something that you need a challenge for and there were two plays the Harry touchdown yeah. and then the pass interference at the very end of the game the Harry touchdown the the Harry non touchdown cost them an opportunity to tie the game at the end because mm-hmm. they would have been down only three and and any of those fourth downs would have been a conversion although it's sort of weird because the first Brady run on the fourth down that field goal was long enough where Nick Folk might have missed it yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying so it was interesting there but um and and people were giving me you know because I said you know you got to keep your challenges and people were like oh you know that's you know they were complaining about the referees and i'm like yeah that's sort of the point that's right the especially reason. like bill belichick supposedly supposedly knows all of this stuff and you know for him it's like you look at you look at that referee crew and you know historically that it's a mess right like it's not it, so you know that you can't challenge 50 50 plays like that because the the 
basically like not only is the result of the play sort of up for debate, right? Like whether or not you actually challenged one that was incorrect was up for debate, but whether or not they will overturn it condition on whether it was incorrect, you know, is yeah, yeah. incorrect is also up for debate. And so like the, the benefit structure there is just not big enough. And then again, because you're going to need that stuff late, you're going to need timeouts late because timeouts are not trivial either. After New England, you know, uh, went four and out inside the 10, they had no timeouts left to basically, you know, ha- you know, make Kansas City punt again. So to me, it was one of those. Yes, of course, the, the biggest the biggest goat here in the entire game is the referees. But your response to the referees matters. You live in a you live in the real world. Uh, it, w- it was inexcusable in terms of not thinking ahead, which I think the fourth down call and the, the challenge were yeah. indicative of. So that leaves us with Baltimore and the Baltimore Buffalo game, I think was sort of what you expected, which is people all of a sudden realizing that Lamar Jackson is a much better quarterback than Josh Allen. Although I thought about this, this was interesting. So you know how the Ravens passed on Lamar Jackson to draft Hayden Hurst, Hayden Hurst and and they drafted two tight ends. Do you think they would have taken Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson? Uh, Had he fallen that So like say the Buffalo takes Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Or, or, or sorry, say Buffalo, not take Lamar Jackson, take someone else. And both Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are still there. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you the, don't think so? There are two. I think there's uh, a decent chance. I, I, just think I, it's I will make a about. speculative leap here. I think that the, the Baltimore Ravens are too smart to invest in a quarterback with those accuracy issues. <laughs> I, but here, here's the thing. I want to agree with you. I'm just saying, given that they did take two tight ends before Lamar Jackson, so, there's a chance. So, so but to I back up on the to back up on the Ravens thing, like you know, we're 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 big fans of what they're doing. Lamar and there's weather in this game. So the and again, the the Bills defense is pretty good to the degree that it matters. Lamar completed only two passes that were traveled over the middle of you know, over 10 yards in the air. He had 73 yards on 4.3 yards per attempt from a clean pocket. And that included the long touchdown to yep. Aiden Hurst. It wasn't great. He had 72 yards from, you know, basically a oh no, that did not include the touchdown to Aiden Hurst. But then he had only uh, 72 yards from a uh, pressured pocket. So he wasn't great. And he averaged less than four yards to carry on the ground so did Mark Ingram like this was not an efficient offense today they somehow gutted it out and in fact Josh Allen had an opportunity to like win the game you know slash tie the game and go into overtime at the end and he was atrocious he was just one for oh my goodness nine for 37 yards throwing the ball over 20 yards on field and just two for uh you know 14 throwing the ball over 10 yards on the field I mean, he's that. just unbelievably bad there was a deep shot where he looked like he wanted to put touch on it yeah. and he sailed it 10 yards past the receiver uh but to me this is my takeaway from this game which is baltimore did not play their best game but baltimore's offensive scheme relative to buffalo's really stuck out to me like they were able to do enough things despite the fact that lamar did not throw the ball well that he wasn't super elusive in this game making people miss everywhere and buffalo didn't get a great game from josh allen but there was no scheme to kind of rest on and as a result at home they were down the entire time and didn't have the firepower to to make up for it so i ask you this we've decided baltimore they're in a class of their own in the afc are they better on the same level or worse than San Francisco and New Orleans? Uh, same level. And, but I, here's the thing I'll, I'll amend with that. The difference between the Ravens and the chiefs 
is smaller than the difference between the Vikings and whomever and the Seahawks. You had to get the Vikings in and, there some and, way. Yeah. And the Vikings and the Seahawks are significantly lower than New Orleans and San Francisco. And the gap there is bigger than the gap in the AFC. Yeah. I, I still uh, I would take the Chiefs over any of those the third through whatever team in the NFC any day of the week. I will say this. I still think there's if there's one team I don't want to play, it's the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Niners and the Saints are super close, but I think by just a hair, like if there's one team I don't want to play, yeah. it's the Baltimore Ravens. Let me ask you this, though, on the flip side with the Bills. So the Bills still sit in a pretty good position for a wild card. And I know they didn't play well here. Yeah. If we look at the wild card situation, what's the what's the wild card team that you're like least Tennessee? They're not even in yet. Yeah, but Tennessee is the team in the AFC that's not going to win a division that I'm the most afraid of. Interesting. Because well, so the Bills and Steelers play next week, right? There's a, actually a significant chance that the Steelers beat the Bills. They're both at nine and five, right? Mm-hmm. Tennessee wins against Houston and then Houston's a wild card team. And then, or even, even, um, you know, uh, Tennessee loses. Right. And, but they're like basically a game behind the bills and the Steelers and, and somehow, you know, they get in ahead of the bills. Right. But like Tennessee getting in the playoffs for me, that team scares me because they're good enough defensively, right? They're not a disaster. And on offense, they like, they're crushing teams right now. I I wanted to say Seattle, but Seattle doesn't leverage their strengths. And while the Titans don't have Russell Wilson, they at least employ the things that make an average quarterback potentially good. Yeah. And, and the Seahawks have not wanted to, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, this sounds egregious, but Ryan Tannehill has been every bit the quarterback. I mean, the, the, sorry, the, the output of the Titans offense has been every bit that of the Seattle offense mm-hmm. during the time that Tannehill has started the quarterback for the Titans. And so like if you put Wilson in that offense, I'm you know I guarantee you he even performed even better. But when you look at like, okay, I'm playing these two teams and I'm like, you know, Wilson's great, but he's two hands time behind his back and and Ryan Tannehill gets to do whatever the heck he wants. Plus he's got Derrick Henry running you over in the backfield. I'm afraid of that team. I'm with you. I think that's at, the answer as impotent as they were with Mariota. They're the exact opposite with Tannehill somehow, weirdly. That's so funny. And it makes you it makes you really think about some of the schemes and supporting casts that other teams have, you know, because like if yeah. you can bring Ryan Tannehill into a Titans team that looked offensively inept with a number two pick. Adam Gaze figuring it out, figuring out how to develop with his team, like four wins above replacement every year but win actual seven games, but at the same time getting the least out of his talent with like Tannehill was like a mind, you know, bleep. I will probably never get over. Let's talk Monday night football real quick. Uh, Oh yeah. Okay. I guess I, I mean really because we didn't talk about the Cowboys being awful and I just want to talk about Monday night football to hear if and how really how the Eagles are going to find a way to look embarrassing in this game they're going to right yeah i mean so i think this game plays out a lot like today's game in green bay plays out where you have one offense or you have one well the giants defense is nowhere near as bad or as good as as uh, washington's but you have (laughs) you have an offense in like philadelphia that like 
has some good players, but mm-hmm. it, there's just something missing the whole game, right? And so then they let the Giants dick around for three quarters, and then, oh my goodness, we're in a game. Terry McLaurin snags a one-handed touchdown catch, and now you're two-point conversion away from being down up a field goal. I, I don't, so like the spread here is nine. I would say if we had to lean somewhere, we'd lean Philly, which just makes, makes me, me it, uh, my stomach feels awful thinking. About I know, it. but especially if like if Daniel Jones was the quarterback, I would be happy with obviously minus nine in the over because I knew that like Philly was just going to get two pick sixes or something like that during the game. But I think like Eli is going to turn around and hand it to Barkley 35 times in this oh, game. Undoubtedly. And, and the funny thing is the Eagles are going to say, I see your 35 carries to a running back on early downs. And I raise you 40 more on our side to Jordan Howard, or, you know, if, if he ends up playing. Um, so I, I mean, I'll obviously watch this game cause I'm a junkie, but like, if I have, if I wasn't working in football, I don't know if I. This would be a, a rare game. I would be like, eh, I could do without. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I haven't done this in a couple of primetime Thursday Monday night games, but. I usually, when it's this bad of a game, I fire up the game from the Sunday that I really want to rewatch. So I'll probably be watching Saints Niners again yeah. instead of watching this game. Um, it, do, who would you rather see in the playoffs, the Eagles or the Cowboys? Like, who do you want to make it to, to get in? Yeah. Oh, the Cowboys easily because because Dak's fun. Dak's the Garrett thing. Dak and Amari are good. Um, obviously like I, I honestly, if, if it comes down to watching running backs, I'd rather watch Zeke than watch Jordan Howard. Frankly. Oh yeah. Just for the nose earring, right, the face mask, whatever the yeah. hell's going on there. And then, and then the defense has some talent, even though they're not particularly good. And, and, and this is the, this is all that needs to be said. The meltdown factor will be immense. I mean, Look, I w- just need Jerry Jones in the box. I need Jerry Jones cam is what I really do. You need. remember two years ago? Why don't they have that? By the way, yeah. he would he would be pissed, right? Do you, or would he like it? I think he'd like it. But the the problem is, is he'd have to like Can you imagine. <laughs> yeah, he'd have oh to my like goodness. Yeah, there'd have to be some arrangements made. But the, the I mean, the, the Jones. Do you cam. remember two years ago when the the bills played the Jaguars in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what an Eagles playoff game would look like this yes. year. And I want nothing to do with that. I'm here for the Seattle Dallas rematch in Dallas. Just the, the, just the body blows game. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's still a lot of stuff to talk about. Anyways, we've talked about Monday night football for too long. Anything else before we get to games? Nope. Let's roll. So week 15, this slate, not great. Uh, let's start with Houston at Tennessee. This is the set of games that I've deemed good enough <laughs> for us to somewhat talk about. You love to see that. Okay. You really do. Um, Houston, Tennessee, Tennessee, obviously hot. Houston got roasted by Drew Locke. I mean, pummeled. And I told you this would happen. Remember? You did. I told you Houston won their Super Bowl against New England. I know. And we they, went, we went Cincinnati and got drilled by the, well, uh, we got the push because of the late, the late line move, but Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, well. Anyways, uh, what do you have for this game? I said that Tennessee would would be getting two and a half at home. What did you say? Uh, I said Tennessee would be a three-point favorite. And you are actually right. And in fact, you are far more right than I am because Tennessee is laying three at home and it's minus 125. So I, have, I of course, went through my shtick beforehand. I figured that Houston would win 
a, like a seven point game. Obviously, that's yeah. kind of what Greenline said. Houston would win, would not win, would 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 win, but not cover. They didn't need to either. Uh, and I didn't think ten. And I thought we also talked about Tennessee sort of being in a letdown spot in Oakland. I know that did not happen. Although. Oakland hung around for the first half. It was tied at halftime. They put they put their foot on the pedal at the end there. So those those two teams sort of digressed a little bit, and we're seeing that in the line here. Can I tell you my thought process? What? I said, Tennessee's a road favorite, which means the market already respects them. My intuition says that the Raiders at home as a road dog or a home dog is a great play. And I'm going to fade all of that. And so therefore the Titans are going to win this game and, and they should be favored at home against a Houston team that, you know, they're not as good as everyone thought they were after they beat the the Patriots, but I'm excited for this game. Can I, this is a game and I don't know. And and obviously I'd have to look at, um, you know, where we stand in terms of our numbers on green line, but this is one like first blush, I get three points. I get to root for Deshaun Watson. You might, you might have to sign me up. I'm especially if he gets a three and a half. Well, yeah, if you, even with the, just the even money, I, I I'm pretty, I'm pretty bullish on, on Houston bouncing back here. Um, I just, there's some, again, Tennessee, and maybe they're going to bust all these myths because maybe it was Tannehill and, and, and that was it. Um, but you know, Tennessee like is just a team that I think once I have them figured out, I just don't have them figure it out. So, um, <laughs> I mean, we say this all the time and this is going to be the week yeah. that they will, uh, they'll undoubtedly prove us right. Uh, next up your Kansas city chiefs are hosting the Infuego drew lock led Denver Broncos. Oh man. Um, I had Kansas city laying 11 and a half. Uh, what did I have here? I, I had Kansas city minus 10 and it is minus 11 so it's right between where we are total on this game 46 <sighs> man i mean if if I, I i remarked about this in the office as we were lamenting the over in the kansas city new england game new england or sorry uh kansas city only likes to put their foot on the pedal against afc west teams yeah and <laughs> mostly a joke but this could be a game where i see like you know, obviously Denver's got some firepower offensively. They got good running backs who are unlike the Patriots running backs fast and hit the hole hard and can actually gain yards. Um, so I don't know here about the spread. I, I think 11 is a huge price to lay, but I, I sort of still I mean, I can be I can be convinced to bet an over in a Kansas City Chiefs game again. The spread is interesting to me because I could have easily seen this being after that Denver performance less than 10. And I was not super encouraged by what um, what the Chiefs showed in, in New England. And then here's the other thing. The, that game that they won with Matt Moore, which we talked about them being able to actually win with Matt Moore, which is ironic because he came in and played. Um, that was all about Joe Flacco being really bad. And Drew Locke is not nearly as bad as Joe Flacco. Yeah, I... <sighs> Yeah, I think the the day of reckoning might end up coming here for uh for one um Drew Lock but but maybe not not right now. Chicago, the resurgent Mitchell Trubisky's. You buying in? No. Come on. I tweeted out I'm, I said, you know, you're not, I, w- I you're was not slow signing to, him up to that extension. I was, slow to re- I was slow to react to Mitch putting up 19 points at home against the Giants and for that I'm sorry. Um yeah, I <laughs> Here's the thing. The 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 Bears have the Bears. We need the Bears to lose one more time. <laughs> and 
I can, and I, I messaged this to some of my Vikings fans' friends. I said, I can, she, I can see Chicago beating Green Bay this week. And I can see them beating Minnesota at week 17 I, and beating Kansas City in, in Arrowhead. I can't see them winning all three of these games. So uh, that's kind of where I stand on the Bears. I think the Bears are a formidable bunch at this point. Their defense plays well. Um, Mitch Trubisky, if he runs as much as he did the other night, that offense is somewhat dangerous. Well, it's not as terrible as it looked, yeah. has looked in the past. I have Green Bay as a six-point favorite. Four and a half for me, and it is five, uh, a little bit towards Chicago. Yeah, the Green Bay performance today was not exactly stellar. Awe-inspiring. They beat Dwayne Haskins kind of just... Well, we talked about this on the pod last week. We liked Washington plus the 14. It got all the way down. I think it closed at 12 or 11, and 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 they ended up covering that even though they weren't at one point in time. So um, that was a good get here. What do you think about five? Do you think the Bears at plus five on the road are a good pick, or do you like the over 41? I, I like the over 41 more. Yeah. The, the plus five... I mean, obviously, the the side that I like more is the Chicago side. I think, we, yeah, right. Because I, I my belief is that people think that the Packers' offense has gotten better mm-hmm. with Lafleur because they've won more games, and I and the numbers yeah. would disagree wholeheartedly. I would. I'm going to say this every single week until the season's over. If you have a Chicago Bears under nine and a half, and they are underdogs in a game. Bet them against the spread because right. you can get a middle there if you want if if you uh, if you so choose. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? Exactly. Worked on Thursday night, right? Yes, we like Chicago, did. so yes, it did. Uh, the Rams go to Dallas uh, in a game that uh, the Rams need to they need to continue winning, obviously, to try and get in the playoffs. It'd be mm-hmm. really embarrassing if they go from Super Bowl to out of the playoffs uh, for Sean McVay and. Uh, Dallas sort of needs to win this game. But again, because the NFC East is is literally a dumpster full of yeah, we'll trash see what happens on, on fire. Thir- we'll see what happens tomorrow night, quite frankly. Right. Uh, it probably still isn't going to matter. They'll still just need to beat Philadelphia, which means they'll come out flat. Dallas is like, they're not, I don't know if on tilt is the right word at this point. They're just like, they. it's like you needed... It's like you bought, I don't know, a dresser or something to put it together and you just got a bunch of great parts, but they're like all the wrong parts. You got like a really nice car engine. You're like, I don't, what do I need this for? Like I'm trying to build this dresser and, uh, that's, they just don't fit well. Jason Garrett is clearly getting mixed messages from, uh, Jerry Jones. Weird. Anyways, uh, I have Dallas favored by three. I have the Rams favorite. Uh, sorry, Dallas favored by a point and a half. Hmm. Do you do you have a spread for this? I don't. I can find one. It'll probably be pre Sunday Night Football though. But you know. yeah, I think the, obviously the Rams were a team. You know, Greenline liked them a little bit on the money line tonight. By the time it all closed out, um, but you know, I think their perform. What did you think of their performance tonight relative to like? Does it move the market or is it kind of in the band of acceptability here? I so let me see here. Uh, oh, this is way early. Dallas three and a half. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, so I, it, I'm take I'm taking the Rams plus three and a half if that ends up being the opening line. I mean. Yes, I am too, and here's why. The um, 
I, I was not surprised by the way the Rams played in this game. I was not surprised that they won because the Seahawks have no playmakers on defense. Mm-hmm. They're not a defense. Jared Goff and that offense is one of the best offenses in the NFL when he is confident and has a clean pocket. But the variance is so high yeah. because anything short of that and it turns into like a total disaster and that happened in this game right like anything short of that boom pick six see you later and the dallas cowboys as many as much talent as they have on defense like they don't have anyone that you're just absolutely terrified by they're not going to I don't think they're going to turn Jared Goff into the Jared Goff that we've seen that just torpedoes your chances. They just don't get pressure anymore the way that they did last year, which again puts your defense on an island. And while Byron Jones is good, the other guys, the Awuziers and the Lewises and the Jalen Smiths and the Van Der Esch, when he plays, they're just not good enough. The Rams, like, so we we talk about defense not mattering when the offense is good enough. That Monday night football game, they, they could not have looked worse against the Ravens. True. The last two games of defense against Kyler Murray and against Russell Wilson, they've looked awesome. They did not give up a touchdown tonight, you know, and they're the better defense in this game. And I think if, if the things you say about their defense, uh, about the, the Dallas Cowboys, they're probably the better offense. That's what I was about to say. I think they have the better coach. They're the better offense. And um, I, I was not – I we took the Rams in the super contest. Like, I, I thought the Rams in this spot were fantastic. And I think they're fantastic in this spot as well because the, the Cowboys are in this weird spot where things don't matter, and yet they're playing with all these distractions. Yeah, they play tense even though in reality like they, they should, should be they playing should, free. They should be have yeah. They should have a free reign to play to play uh, loose. Here's a um, what was I going to say? So here's another thing that factors in. I think the Rams that don't have a home field advantage against some teams. We saw actually with Pittsburgh going to Arizona today it was weird. Um, the Dallas Cowboys fans are a weird bunch, but they're not like to travel to a road stadium and create raucous type group. So I do think like the the discounting the Rams the Actually, Dallas is at home, so never mind. That's that's a that's a bad point. But anyway, Dallas's home field advantage is also not as good either as the average team. So right. I do think like if if you're getting three and a half with the Rams, like you should say, okay, do you do you think the Rams are better than Dallas? Yes. Okay, bet that. You know what I think it is the da- so AT and T Stadium is just so nice. Yeah. That it's I I don't Washington Tony. I don't think there's any. Uh, like, I don't think there's any, oh, man, I'm in the unfriendly confines. I think it's like, oh, I'm on vacation. This is awesome. And I'm super stoked about it. Uh, I have two more games, and I think only one of them really belongs on here, but I put two. Uh want to convince myself it's a good week. Sunday Night Football next week has been flexed into Buffalo-Pittsburgh, which tells you all you need to know mm-hmm. about this week. Uh, what do you have? I had Pittsburgh minus one and a half going into the day. I had Pittsburgh minus two and a half. It is one and a half. So I don't think Buffalo is. I don't think if you're looking at, you know, like the old people that do power ratings on the piece of paper, like they don't, they didn't change today. Right. Right. When you look at Buffalo and I think the Steelers were the same thing. I think the Steelers, we were talked privately. You said, you know, Arizona is the fade now, right? Like Arizona can't, uh, can't win anymore. You know, they're, they're not, they're a team you want to fade a little bit here. Um, so I don't think Pittsburgh beating them by six is going to change anything. Right. So I think going in, um, but you know, Duck Hodges, uh, Ben Lindsay was talking about this. He's one of the highest graded quarterbacks in the NFL has to be. He's doing what they're asking him to do. I just don't know how they move the ball against Buffalo. 
Yeah. They have to get they have to get Josh Allen to make mistakes. And their defense is good enough to capitalize on mistakes. They're a good defense. Both of these teams have good enough defenses to make bad opposing offenses bad. In which case, like that's good. that's probably what this game's going to be. It's probably going to be like Bears Rams like four weeks ago or whatever that was. It's probably going to be a game like that. The better quarterback after after all that. The better quarterback in this game is Duck Hodges. The one more likely to throw ducks is probably yeah. Josh Allen. And Pittsburgh is a real home field. They have very real fans. And uh, they just played a game. Like, I would imagine that playing the Ravens is no joke in terms of what the toll takes on your body. Playing the Cardinals, however, has got to feel like a nice relaxing time at the uh, retirement community in Phoenix, Arizona. So, I mean, I thought it was two and a half. I think it felt a little high now that I look back on it. But I actually am going to kind of stick with my guns here because I think it's I think it's unintuitive. Well, all the 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 Pittsburgh. Do we have Pittsburgh last week, too? I want to say we. Well, so the both the last two weeks we've been on Pittsburgh and we won. And both of them were like, duck, really? You know, and it's like, uh, and it's like, well, actually, like make some, you know, because again, when we talk about defense doesn't matter. It's mostly when two really good teams or two really bad teams offensively play, you can throw out the defensive end. When it's sort of in the middle, like Buffalo is kind of a middle of the pack to maybe a little bit below average offense. The fact that Pittsburgh's defense is awesome really can elevate itself. We saw that today. They, they created turnovers. They made stops in the red zone. They really did a lot of things that great defenses do. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm excited to watch this game just because what's the total? 37. Hmm. Yeah, that's low. If you look at like Elo, for example, our number going into the week would say minus three in, in, in Pittsburgh's direction. So you're almost completely on here. Um, but Buffalo does a lot of good things, uh, you know, team wide, special teams, uh, you know, uh, obviously defensively, they're very good. So. I don't know, man. It'll be a fun game to watch. It'll be probably, hopefully, so. another game. I hope so. The, tonight's game was a lot of fun because we didn't have, we didn't write a pickup on it or anything yeah. like that, and we just could enjoy it. But um, that'll, my, hopefully, that'll be like what it's like on uh, uh, Sunday night next week. I have one more game in this, and I feel like it shouldn't be in here. But it's Monday night football. Colts Saints. Colts Saints. I had Saints nine and a half. I had Saints seven and a half. Yeah, it's eight and a half. So it's smack where we are. Um, I, I was telling you off air, you know, Jameis and the and the Bucks won their third straight today. They're at six. We kind of following that along for obvious reasons. The Colts had ten point lead twice in the game, and I told you that despite the fact the only this time amazing the only time I ever felt like Tampa Bay was not going to win was the series that Jameis didn't play because he injured his hand. Yeah. Every single time I had this like weird piece about me that Jameis was going to come back and win because there was nothing that Jameis did out of the ordinary today. It'd be different if he went out there and completed his first 20 passes and the Bucks are up like 28-10 like they were against the Giants or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he starts throwing picks. But when he throws a pick on the first play of the game and then he throws a pick on like the like the third, the second quarter and when he throws a pick in the third quarter and the Bucks are still in the game. That's right where Jameis wants you, I feel like. And so then he, of course, he threw for 456 yards. He's seven yards behind Dak, I believe, uh, for the passing yardage title. It was like it was pure Jameis today, and it was so great. By the way, the two passing leaders being 
you know, on mediocre teams proves what I've been saying all along, which is that passing doesn't matter and running leads to winning. Yeah, true. I hope we get that. How many yards is the uh, Niners leading rusher have? Like, yeah, I mean, they're not, you know, not a ton. Yeah. But it's it's as a team total. Oh, I mean, team total. Yeah, it, team it's, total. It, we win as a team. We lose. As Look, a team, if man. Jimmy G would have thrown for one hundred forty three yards instead of like four hundred forty three yes. yards today, please, uh, it would still been a win. Understand the establishment. All right, you ready to go through the bad games? Jeez. Okay, let's let's run through them. We're we're making thanks to that fourth quarter. It was quick. Ram Seahawks. We're uh, on pace to actually get some sleep, which is yeah, really good. pumped that Russell Wilson threw that pick too. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, all right. Thursday night football, New York jets at Baltimore Ravens. Woo. I said 15 and a half. What a game this will be. I said 14 and a half and you are, well, it's 14 and a half minus one fifteen. So you're correct. Uh, I, I think I even put 14 and a half. And then in my mind, I thought the jets, even though green line, liked the jets money line, I actually thought the dolphins were going to beat the jets today and they came close. They did. You know, they, Dude, uh, Ryan, <laughs> so Ryan Fitzpatrick has this lateral. I know. I saw it. Okay. That's right. So I, I was thinking about this for a second. Um, do you think that he is that reckless with all the things in life. Yeah. So like he's cooking dinner with his wife and she's like, Hey, can you hand me a steak knife? And he just flings a steak knife at her. It's like, he gets, just gets a coffee from Starbucks. He gets a, you know, an, uh, an Americano without even looking at it or blowing on it. It just takes a huge chug. He's, uh, he just I, does all these things. No, no, see, that's the, the thing. I don't think so. I think, so I take it back. I think he is probably pretty buttoned up in like his normal life. And then he just lets it rip. Like that's, that's the quintessence. Like his, when he <laughs> oh, goes so to the work, his time. when he goes to work with that, yeah, like yeah, yeah. fleece thing, like, so do you think the beard, like, do you think he takes it off or something? No, but I, I think he's probably like a really like, are you saying that? Cause he went to Harvard? No, I, <laughs> uh, you know, I think, I think he's probably like a really regimented person off the field. And then on the field, he's just like, look, like, I have the best gig of all yeah, time because he's not bad. He, he, he's, there's nothing, there's zero expectations out of him. Yeah. It's brilliant. And then he can just go out and have fun and he's good enough where like, he's good enough where he's not a complete disaster, right? Like the, the, the worst part about Josh Rosen was that he gave a fuck. He cared. Yeah. Like, and he, he, he psyched himself out. And he like was terrible. Fitzy's out here just having a great time. He's like, uh, he's like a person that like works out and eats healthy so that they can then just like yeah, go yeah. ham when they want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, that that was funner discussion than I anticipated. Yeah. Um, let's go to New England, Cincinnati. We are on to Cincinnati. That joke was used by Jim Nance as soon as it was relevant. Good job by him. Yep. Very impressive. Uh, I have the Cincinnati Bengals getting fourteen and a half points. I'm exactly with you. The depending upon where you got it, the Bengals have been four and the last you know four weeks against the spread, but I did not allow that to curb that. Um it is nine and a half though. Yeah. I I honestly don't hate the I honestly don't hate mm. the reasoning here though. Mm. The total on this you game don't, is, huh? total on this game is forty and a half. There's certainly some correlation there. Dalton played well today, but he threw a pick six to completely screw actually covering that spread. You know, the close, you know, the eight, the eight that we got actually closed at six and a half, six. So they did not cover the closing line. Um, but Dalton was like, fine. He like threw the ball. Well, Tyler Boyd's a good player. Obviously Joe Mixon played well and things like that, but 
can you do you trust the Patriots laying almost double digits on the road in this economy? It's you, the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't, bro. The Bengals are playing the Bengals. I'm not saying the Bengals are playing well. The Bengals are playing like a representative football team. They're not playing like a one and one and twelve football team. Uh, we're going to find out what a one in 12 football team plays like in this okay, game. Okay. And I here's, mean, so here's why I'm going to be a huge Bengals fan this week for my chiefs to get the two seed here. Here's why the Patriots beat themselves a couple of times today. Belichick beat himself yeah. a couple of times today. And I think he's going to be super hard on himself. I think he's going to be super hard on, on everybody. They're going to come out and they're going to win every single little battle in this game to the point where it's going to amount to more than a 10 point victory. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I see. I can't do it. I can't. I just new England less than 10. The Patriots. Come on. This is lock of the week material. I'm betting it the second I get home. All right. Uh, which we'd like to make happen at some point. Tampa Bay, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One more. We need you one and, more, Jameis. One and, more. You and our good buddy, Timo. Uh, he must. He had a brilliant day today. I bet he was just three weeks. On the, I mean, can, dude, watching Jameis is a especially back watching him back when you know it's going to happen is such a delight. It, it really is. I mean, if you actually need to count on Jameis for something, I imagine it sucks. Because he's just going to throw. Actually, somebody tweeted out that like office thing where uh, Will Ferrell was, you know, cameoing on it. And he was mm-hmm. talking about Andy Bernard. And he's like, "If you need a guy to get your paper on time, this is not the guy. You need a guy to fill out the forms correctly. This is not your guy." <laughs> and it's perfect, you know. But, um, uh, but yeah, but but he so the throws he makes are terrific. So I had Tampa Bay two and a half point favorites on the road here against Detroit um, going into the weekend. What did you have? Uh, I'm assuming David Blue continues to play. Yeah. Well, by the way, no one's going to have a clue that that was an attempt at a Neil accent. It's not or, bad. Yeah, it's well, it's not great. You got to master the vowels. Uh, sorry, what did you say? I said two and a half. Yeah, I have three and a half. And it is four. I figured Detroit, I figured the Vikings would play a game similar to Green Bay today. And hmm. Detroit would hang around and, you know... But that didn't really happen. I mean, Detroit got basically blown out by Minnesota, a Minnesota team that played that crap, but ultimately still beat them by multiple scores. So, and Tampa Bay yeah. won. I, I immediately now, after Tampa Bay has won this game, feel poorly about liking Tampa Bay in this game. And Detroit at home, Detroit has real receivers. Like, I, I now, you know. Yeah, anyways. they have no real defense. Here's another. I'm going to say this again. If you bet Tampa Bay over six and a half wins, and they are a favorite, you can bet the underdog in the game, and you can middle if you want to. This is free investment advice. Yeah. We should do an infomercial. Yes. Go back in time, bet the bucks over, and then That'd be great. come back and middle stuff. All right. Uh, Philly goes to Washington. I'm just going to say this right now. I think the Redskins win this I game. I do, too. I, <laughs> I, I said Washington would be seven and a half point underdogs at home. Uh, what do I have? I have five and a half and it is six. Oh my goodness. So, cause here's the thing. I just said this Washington's defense is not bad. I mean, they're not like no. good, but they're not bad. Better quarterback at home getting God, points. Come on. Come on. I'm sorry. Come on. Uh, 
I, you, nothing more needs to be said about that game. Carson Wentz, MVP candidacy, feels like it was a long time yeah, ago. It's almost as long as the Raiders' hopes for the AFC West. I torpedoed them single-handedly. <laughs> you did. With my Josh Gruden, uh, John, Josh Gruden. It's not as bad as me calling their GM Todd McShay. <laughs> <laughs> Could be next year. Who knows? Uh, Seattle goes to Carolina. Russell Wilson redemption. I am bummed. The one thing I was bummed about tonight, I feel like I pegged that game pretty well and I was happy about it, except that I had wished there was more good Russell Wilson play just because it's fun to watch. And man, that team is bad to watch when he doesn't make great plays. They are a mediocre team masquerading as a good team because of the great things that Russell Wilson has done when he doesn't do them. It's horrific. Mm hmm. Anyways, speaking of horrific, the Carolina Panthers. What did you? What? I have Carolina getting two and a half in this game. I have Carolina getting four and a half, which is probably a bit steep. Uh, I don't yeah, see a number right now. I don't see a number available. Let's see what it was early. Carolina was a team um, that we did not like going four and a half. Yeah. So if you. If you From five days ago, <laughs> if you were if you were somebody that, you know, one of the, the, the reasons why we like Tampa Bay so much going into the year was also a fade on the rest of that division. Um, and, you know, Atlanta and Carolina have been bad in spades yeah. together. Uh, and I think that it'll, they'll continue to do so. <laughs> yep. Um, so so that so Seattle wins that game, right? Um, I was, well, so I was just about to say, so Seattle wins that game. But Seattle just doesn't blow anyone out. Yeah, they don't. Well, somebody was somebody's perfect tweet like a little bit ago is that Seattle never plays a normal game. I was thinking it was Kevin Clark, our friend from the Ringer, and uh, good tweet. I mean, it's amazing because it's it's a hundred percent true. How often a day do you have tweet envy? Uh, Does that happen to you? No, because I mean sometimes you have great tweets, but I I feel like. I, I feel like the, the thing about it is, is if you have a, an original enough personality, you don't envy the, the, the work of others you appreciate. Mm. So when you tweet out something about like, uh, like fashion or whatever, you make fun of somebody's fashion. I, I think it's funny, but I'm like, I also am like, I don't, I, I never have the feeling of, oh, I want to be that. Because yeah, it's yeah. just that's you. That's not me. Yeah, you right, know what right. I'm saying? So like, but but there are some people like, yeah, there are some people who tweet who I'm like, that's very clever. That person is always clever when they tweet. Yeah. Kevin's good. Mina's Kevin's good. good. Josh is good. They're all, you know, you have your days. Yeah. Uh. Renner, Renner's bad, except for when he's tweeting me dunking, which is. Yeah. Or when he's tweeting uh, when he's sipping. Yeah. yeah. Um. Your Minnesota Vikings, speaking of sipping. Oh, my goodness. Are going to Los Angeles. This was the Sunday night game. And mercifully, it is no longer. Yeah. Philip Rivers and Kirk Cousins. Is Kirk Cousins just destined to be Philip Rivers at some point in the future? I, now, I'll hold on. Let me qualify this by saying that Philip Rivers is like on an infinitely better. He's a much cooler dude. Yeah. Much better. Uh, better quarterback but what i mean by that is that kirk cousins is destined to lead a team that never quite gets quite gets there Damn. he's gonna end up throwing the ball a ton as an older quarterback and it's always gonna be some like all right we go to the fourth quarter two minutes left and kirk cousins trying to bring his team back from 10 points down yeah that's what i feel his destiny i, is. I think they're just yes 100 percent um the problem is is you know the chart. The Philip led, led the Chargers to fourteen and two as a rookie, 
And then again, like he's led them to like first round buys and stuff. Like it, later on in his career, he's become Kirkian, but early on he had success. Whereas Kirk has always sort of been a nine and seven quarterback, which, you know, is probably the best Philip could hope for now. Um, this is the longest we've taken to get to a line. Right, I had chargers. Game. I had chargers plus three at home. Uh, I had a pick and it is plus three. Wow. Guess. Minnesota is getting a lot of love there. It's plus three minus 120. So if you want to lay the three with Minnesota, you get even money. But I don't know. Vikings fans travel all the way out to LA. Yeah. There, well, there are a lot of uh, a lot of Vikings fans kind of everywhere. But like LA has a decent amount of them, weirdly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there won't be any Chargers fans there. That I can tell you. Yeah. Jacksonville goes to Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> I have the Oakland Raiders favored by three and a half in this game. Same here. And it is five and a half. Uh, people are people are, <laughs> people are reacting to the Jaguars going Sucking. in the tank. Yeah. But the Raiders have been bad too. Man. Yeah. I think the, but the problem is, is I think the Raiders, I don't, well, so losing to the Jets is, is unforgivable. But losing to Kansas City and losing to Tennessee, knowing everything we know is, Probably the expected outcome. Yeah. And now getting dump trucked by them, you know, having basically one competitive half of the four between those two is bad. But I can see this. That being said, this might be a Gardner Minshew betting situation. I, if it gets out to six, like it is trending towards six. If, it, if you can get a six and a half, seven. I agree quite a bit yeah. because the Oakland Raiders are bad. Yeah. And. A bad team playing another bad team here's probably a, shouldn't be a six. Here's a there. question that I have, and this might be a reason why I didn't do this. And I, I, I didn't think this through. Um, is this the last game in Oakland? So Raiders schedule here. Ah, it is. So they do play they their two, last they game. Do, in they Oakland play two road 15. games right after that. I, so part of me thinks. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Totally different situation. I feel like that. I feel like there's going to be some like juices flowing here. And, and, and so, and whereas the Jags have absolutely nothing, like if Good these call. two teams both had nothing to play for, then I could understand being on the Jacksonville side, but like Jacksonville has absolutely nothing to play for. The Raiders technically could make the playoffs and they could finish the season with a winning record. They, they have everything to play for. They go, they go to chargers. They go to Broncos. They could finish nine and seven if they really wanted to. And it's the last game in the stadium. I feel like that that's enough for me that to was, lay off. That is a great reminder. I just assumed it was week 17 and it is not. It is not. And, because and this is the, this is the second. I can't remember the chart. The Chargers finished San Diego against the Chiefs in week 17. But the, when the Rams left St. Louis, right. they left in week 15 and they had 16 and 17 on the road. Yeah. This I, it's such a bad scheduling that. thing by the NFL. They do a bad job at that sometimes. You hate to see it. Uh, Cleveland goes to Arizona battle of the past two number one picks, both from Oklahoma Baker versus Kyler. Yeah. I thought this would be more exciting. It is not. Uh, I have the Arizona Cardinals, uh, as a one point favorite. And I had the Cardinals as a two and a half point underdog. And they, this is the third consecutive game. They've been at home and they've been somewhere around a two and a two and a half point underdog. They are two and a two point underdogs to Cleveland. I love the Browns in this spot. I will. So anytime I hate the Cardinals, but it's not, it's not even that it's the, it's not even that to me. It's also like anything that's an impediment on the Browns is going to tank a lot of things. 
like to the weather, right? Odell Beckham like gets a cramp when it's too cold outside or something like that or too warm outside. Indoors, right? Mm-hmm. Against a bad defense. Mm-hmm. Like this is it's sort of like the thing we were saying about the Rams a couple weeks ago when they were struggling. Put it put air in front of them and they'll probably do well. I think the I think that that's kind of the Browns thing. Here. So I'm listening to everything you're saying. And I'd like to remind you that the Cleveland Browns have actually made a career out of taking exactly what you've described. I know. And laughing in your face. I know. And they are the perfect team to be in an optimal situation and totally blow it. Like, this is the perfect situation for Freddie Kitchens to waddle his way into Arizona and just blow it. I'm telling you right okay. now. Yeah, and, and I just looked at some preliminary numbers. They're not as as, as heavy on. They almost, they legitimately should have, like. They should have lost today. Lost today yeah. to the Bengals. They were your 1 in 12 Bengals, which I think says. They had more, an interception inside the 15 that, that Freddie smartly challenged, and it got called back, you know. Your uh, 1 in 12 Bengals. This, that said more about the Browns to me than anything else. All right. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are going to San Francisco. And what I think is really interesting about this game is that if the Atlanta Falcons just hadn't made it to the Super Bowl that year, there's maybe a decent chance that they, and maybe not because Arthur Blank's a loyal guy, but a decent chance that Kyle Shanahan is the coach of the Atlanta Falcons instead of the coach of the San Francisco yeah. 49ers. Instead, thankfully, he's the coach of the San Francisco 49ers. And the Atlanta Falcons, despite beating the crap out of the Carolina Panthers. They suck. I have the San Francisco 49ers as a 10 and a half point favorite at home against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I said 13 and a half and I was a little a little too bearish on a little Atlanta. steep, huh? Well, because it's 11. I I didn't think Atlanta would like be. I thought Atlanta would pitter patter with yeah, yeah. Carolina a little bit too much. But um. Uh, this is probably something where if I was not using a model, I would lay the points here right now with with the Niners and let this thing get out to 14 and then come back. Yeah, um, I think that I think that ultimately there will be value on Atlanta. And just because, again, it's sort of now the San Francisco 49ers don't have a history of this, but it, they just won their Super Bowl. Right. And so they come home against a bad team. They're going to be laying double digits. And I'm not saying they lose outright, but I'm saying like if you apply the same logic to you know Denver, Houston as you know as you will this week, it's probably a letdown spot. That being said, we have seen them in potential letdown spots. Just, let down, yeah, just like kind of have a blah game. However, I will say this: they then play the Rams. This is the game. This is their easiest game remaining. Yeah, they have to win this game because. If they don't win this game, then all of a sudden they're in, they're in a real tough spot. They're in the meat grinder, right? Yeah. And so I think that helps motivate them. And you know, Kyle Shanahan will want to beat his old team. Yeah, but yeah, I agree with that. I agree with all that. But all that was true about Houston too. But Houston, I, I, I know, I know, Houston's not as well coached and all that kind of stuff. Come Although on. Bill O'Brien's starting to figure it out a little. Yeah, bit. but he's also the GM, so that puts me in a tough spot. That's true. That is the week fifteen. Oh, no, we missed one. We did. Miami going to New York to face the Giants. How did I forget that? <laughs> you hate to see it. I said the Giants would be one and a half point favorites. Uh, Miami's on the road. Yeah. Where did I put this? They here? get to play. They get to play. Oh, I, no, I did do this game. I just didn't add it to the schedule. I have the Giants as a two and a half point favorite. 
and it is three and a half, which okay. I am going to take the Dolphins. Yep. Thank you very Same much. There. Uh, you have to bet one game right Dolphins. now. Interesting. Uh, I like Houston quite a bit. Yeah. I like the Rams quite a bit. Um, and I like the Patriots. Yeah. We're on similar pages here. Um, I... Well, here's the thing. I will bet Detroit for the reasons I just talked about. I will bet the Bears for the reasons I talked about. Um, and I, I like I'm with you. I like Houston. I, in fact, bet Houston on the look ahead um, two and a half. So I am not getting good line value there. Uh, and then I like the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins plus three and a half It's even trending to four. There is absolutely no reason the 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 I am imagining the Dolphins are staying in New York this week after playing the Jets. If they're smart and like the Giants, there's absolutely no reason the Giants with a quarterback uncertainty like that should be favored against anybody. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, confessions. Oh, man. Do you have one? I don't. Well, no, I don't. I mean, I think college football was like a perfect weekend in terms of like, there were just enough games to watch or not watch. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of, it was sort of nice in that sense. Um, no, I, I uh, don't have any, you were a perfect human this weekend. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of, of, of anything that would, that would come to mind. So maybe for Thursday, I'll talk about maybe it. A confession. Maybe we'll, come up with we'll rope Josh into it. If he is, he's our guest. He will, uh, we'll, he we'll, better have a story from the Cincy Y or his local Y. Yeah. The story from the, I don't have any stories from the Cincy Y this week either. It was sort of normal. Uh, no one told me to get the F out of the way in the locker room. Good no one, you. no one tried to, no one tried to fight me. Um, I, I won a dunk contest against Steve. Although, what was your tweet about when you said, like, all these people making fun of this person's looks shouldn't be on Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. When, when like, Mike posted that video of me and me dunking and Steve missing a dunk. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, that was weak. Like, yes. are all these, like, fat people on Twitter who clearly can't dunk ripping I mean, on me yep. who's, like, uh, granted, I'm not in the best shape in the world, but I'm a mid-30s person who can actually dunk. You need to, if you're going to rip on, like, I didn't rip on any of your dunk yeah. attempts. I'm impressed by them. Yeah. Uh, I can't dunk. And even if I could, I probably couldn't dunk better than that. So if you're going to come out there and, and make fun of you wearing a long sleeve shirt, I saw someone I make was, fun of you for wearing a long sleeve <laughs> shirt. Shut up. It shows how much like my thing, my thing about being at the gym is my attire shows how much I take that serious. Like I'm like a casual person. Yeah. Part, that's part of the allure. Yeah, no, uh, I, I I thought it was fine. The fact that you walked out there casually and <laughs> dunked, I thought it was cool. Um, okay, I have a confession. Okay. So I was traveling this week, uh, and I was in Los Angeles for like, wow, that's great. I was in Los Angeles for like 15 hours. So uh, I went out to dinner with my mom. This was her birthday the day before. It's a nice thing that I did. Uh, but it was great to see her. And we were, uh, you know, having, having a nice dinner or whatever. And we got to dessert. And I knew that there was, there's an ice cream place, Salt and Straw. We've yeah, talked about it before. Good. Very good. It's the best ice cream in the world. And uh, it's right down the road. We're in Venice Beach. Um, but the place that we're eating at is also very good. So 
I'm like, you know, I'll leave it up to my mom. If she wants to get dessert, she can get dessert. You know, I'm not far be it from me. So they've got like a persimmon bread pudding, some like crazy gelato flavors. And I'm just like, yeah, we'll get it all. So I'm sitting there eating this fantastic dessert. And I'm thinking to myself, am I really going to do this? So we eat, we pay, we leave, walk my mom to the car. I'm walking back to my hotel ice cream place right there you did it you did it not only did i do it you overdid it i went i mean if i'm gonna do it i'm not gonna half do it i went three full scoops as usual when i do that i have the the people behind the counter applauding me i have people in line looking at me like how does this happen like i can't believe it I have the two people, the couple behind me, both getting kid scoops in a in a cup, which is my personal favorite. Like, really? Maybe just run a couple extra miles tomorrow, <laughs> you loser. Anyways, that's my confession. I totally enjoyed it. It was fantastic. The only thing is, I kind of wish I had picked. I picked three good flavors, but I wish I had uh, I subbed one for a different one that I was on the fence with. Gotcha. Other than that. Feel pretty good about myself. Gotcha. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like that's confession. not a bad. Like you normally eat pretty well, so it'd be different. Like if I, I did this like multiple times in a week, yeah, for sure. You have you have like self control, and then and then you have indulgent streaks. Um, so if you don't enjoy your life, then uh, you're missing out. I agree. Anyways, that's our pod. Uh, we'll be back with you on Thursday with Josh Hermsmeyer. So you want to check that out. Uh, thanks, guys. Peace out. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details.